It's Tuesday the 13th of December. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Shadwicker here, joined, of course, by Shane Lee. Shane, before we get kicked off, you've got uh, quite the ritzy event. I know you go to a lot of pretty fancy events, mate, but this one's one of the biggest ones. I don't know if it's ritzy, but it's very important to my seven-year-old son, Thomas. <laughs> it's, his, um, it's his school Christmas dance. So he's got some routine he's been working on, apparently, for the last uh, few months. Oh. And he's got to wear a tie, so he's pretty excited about that. But most importantly, he's had a haircut, and he asked if he could borrow my gel this morning. So he's gelled his hair up, and he thinks he looks pretty schmick. <laughs> You're using the gel? That's a revelation. Well, it's it's, it's oh, a my. bit of fudge, mate. It's a bit of fudge. But, uh, what is good. this? What are you doing, shooting cover shots for the next Backstreet Boys album? <laughs> Speaking of which, isn't your band out playing gigs again? <laughs> I'm putting the metro in hetero, mate. Oh, my God. Uh, look, today on the show we'll be discussing more than just hairstyles. The FIFA World Cup is uh, now it is full swing. We know who is going to be playing in the semis. We'll talk that. Some more cricket drama, of course. And it's always good to see him in the headlines. Nick Kyrgios is back with some news stories as well. And we also got to touch on the A-League. We've got to talk about that. There's been a weird move by the A-League. It's all coming up soon. In life, the most important thing is trust. Without it, everything is a lot harder in a quickly changing and turbulent time. Barclay Pierce Capital is a safe pair of hands, an organisation built on people. They understand you've worked hard to build your nest egg and their asset management business is tailored to suit your needs. Their services help grow your wealth in order to provide long-term safety and security for you and your family. BPC, just a phone call away. Are you thinking about making a podcast? If so, contact the Afternoon Sport Group. We'll make it easy. With the technical know-how and industry knowledge, we'll get your podcast up and running in no time. Get in touch via our website or email hello at afternoonsport.com. All right, the FIFA World Cup is in the business, the pointy end of it, as we know. The semifinals are locked in, Shano. Who are you loving in these matchups? Well, let's talk about the first one, Argentina versus Croatia. For me, it's it's Lionel Messi. Can he ever win his first World Cup and deliver on that? And versus the Croatian Luka Modric. And I think, come down to there, they're the two superstars of the side. Let's not forget, Argentina lost their opening round against Saudi Arabia, um, and they just scraped home on penalties in, in another match. I think against the Netherlands. So, look, they're very beatable. Croatians are very good defensively. I'm still tipping Argentina to get through. I think it's going to be a bit of a fairy tale for Lionel Messi to get into the final. And I think they'll take the, the French will beat Morocco. And I think we mentioned yesterday, Moroccan, the Moroccans are the first African nation to make the semifinals. They broke the hearts of Portugal and Ronaldo. Um, can they break the hearts of France? Well, I don't think so. I think it'll be a French-Argentina final, mate. Yourself? I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Croatia-Argentina game goes to penalties again. Uh, mm, I wouldn't okay. be surprised if we see another penalties one again. And with the France-Morocco one, I am all aboard the Moroccan Express. Wow. I reckon Morocco can beat France. I know it's crazy. But they've already done it to the other big names yes. that they've had to encounter. Like, you know, we can sit here and be like, there's no way they'll do it this time. It's like, well, you said there was no way they could beat Belgium, and they beat Belgium. You said there was no way they could beat Spain. <laughs> they beat Spain. Like, you know what I mean? I'm I'm all for this fairy tale continuing for them to get into the final. So the mighty Moroccans to try and beat France. I mean, now that I've said it, I'll probably get pumped 8-0 or something crazy. <laughs> but I'd love to see that Thursday morning. Of course, the Argentina-Croatia game is on tomorrow morning, 5 a.m. Yes. for the early starters. So 
We'll know tomorrow morning if Lionel Messi can continue his run for that first, that maiden World Cup victory. Uh, but I think the Croatians are going to be a tough bite. Uh, let's tap on some of the other uh, names in this tournament, though. Ronaldo, after the devastating loss of Portugal to Morocco, mind you, mm-hmm. um, he has all but announced his retirement from the international game, it would seem. Yeah, it, it was sort of cryptic uh, in his announcement on social media, but he sort of said his time has come. Um, he never actually said, I am retiring from international football, but more or less the wording around that was that um, he's given it all. He was very sort of defensive in his tone to say, no, I've always given my most for Portugal. And I think he's really scarred by the way he's acted when he's been put on the bench um, and whether that's sort of a, a loss of face for him personally or not. But um, look, he's been a, a superstar football. The highest number of goals, I think it's 118 um, ever in international games is by Ronaldo. He, he was a superstar of international sport. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't looked good though over the last month no. in terms of the PR for him between Man U and then with the Portugal side. But I tell you what, why would, you play, why would you play the international game if you're about to sign with the Saudi team for half a billion dollars? You know what I mean? I wouldn't give yeah. a flying fuck. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> so, yeah, good luck to him. Uh, let's turn to tennis, all right? Nick Kyrgios, uh, this is interesting. An unlikely doubles date coming up for him. Uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas is on the radar. Well, he's another sook, isn't he? Um, Tsitsipas. <laughs> and it came down to that match they had at Wimbledon, Nick Kyrgios versus um, Tsitsipas. And basically, uh, Tsitsipas caught him after Nick beat him, called him a bully. And Nick came back mm. and said that he was soft. So, But for some reason, these two have made up, um, kissed them up. They've just played together in Saudi Arabia together. And potentially, though, yeah. they, may, they may be partners for upcoming Wimbledon. So um, let's, let's wait and see on that one. That is insane yeah. to me that he would be partnering up with Sitsipas when, you know, what about the cock? I thought he loved the cock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought they were best mates. Maybe he's, maybe he's over the cock. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, oh, maybe he wants a, a, bit of a bit of a softie. But, um, Mate, the special case, they were where it's at. I can't believe that would be the case. But who knows? I guess we'll have to wait and see. You never, no, stranger things have happened with Nick Kyrgios, I've got to say. Yeah. You never know what he's going to do. That's why we love him. <laughs> That's exactly right. I'm his number one fan. Uh, yep. Rugby now. We've gotten a little bit more info on what went down with Eddie Jones's sacking from England. Yep. Well, uh, so the, the captain, English captain Owen Farrell's come out. And basically, in support of Eddie Jones, he said he's unbelievably disappointed in the sacking of Eddie Jones. Now, we all know that England this year uh, won five from 12 tests, so that's the worst performance since 2008. Um, But he's come out and basically really supported Eddie. He said it's one of the best coaches he's ever had, um, and it was a great guy to play under. Um, So that's really, really good support from the captain. It just goes to show that maybe the England um, rugby board moved without consulting the players. Yeah, I mean, I know that people have said there's no chance, but surely, surely the ARU, with the World Cup on the way, are like, could we bring him back in? Like, it's like, bring him back. Bring him back home. Well, Hamish McLennan has come out also overnight and said that um, he would welcome potentially some sort of involvement. So yeah. if you're the current coach of the Wallabies, I would, Dave Rennie, I'd be pretty, pretty nervous at the moment. Yeah, I've, well, I mean, even if he's like a director of football type thing or something, you know what I mean? Because he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And he's been yeah. able to beat us pretty consistently since he left. 
<laughs> so he obviously knows yes. how to beat Australia. Maybe that can help us figure out how to win better. You know what I mean? Uh, exactly we'll quickly right. touch on some AFL as well. Collingwood's longest-serving AFL captain steps down. Yeah, Scott Pendlebury, an absolute superstar of the sport. He captained the Pies 206 times out of his 358 matches. He's been captain there since 2014. and But at, at 34, I suppose, in the twilight of his career, he thinks it's a perfect time to hand over to another captain. He's still going to play this year. And they're tipping either Taylor Adams, uh, Jeremy Howe, or Darcy Moore. I think Darcy Moore will probably get the job um, to be the captain. But, yeah, he's the seventh most um, uh, footballer to captain a side in the history of AFL. So a uh, very, very, very prestigious uh, honour that. Yeah, well, as a Carlton fan, who cares? It's Collingwood. Anyway, stay yep, with us yep. uh, <laughs> after this short break because we'll be back talking cricket and a huge game in the NFL. The new Elite Bet app has arrived. It's got all the betting features you expect and new ones you're going to love. Elite Bet is your one stop shop on race day with Hot Bet, where you can back the tips of proven winning punters, build fast sports multis, and play same game multis. The Elite Bet app is the smoothest betting experience around. Trusted for 10 years, Elite Bet is 100% Australian owned. The only betting app you need this summer is Elite Bet. Gamble responsibly. All right, let's talk some cricket. Some would say there's too much cricket, and so those some would mm. be me. But you, Shano, on the other hand, probably love that there's this much <laughs> cricket going around. Uh, let's talk T20 International. The Aussie women go down against India. Yeah, so they're playing in India, first time for a while, and um, the, the series is now levelled one all. Um, but what a match this was. Australia batted first. They scored one for 187 off their 20 overs. Um, Beth Mooney getting 82. Um and uh, McGrath getting uh, 70. Well, India then, for their 20 overs, they got five for 187, so they finished on a dead set tie. Oh. So then they go on to the super over. Australia got um, India better first, one for 20, uh, and Australia could only manage one for 16, so India win. Wow, and that's um, the streak comes well, to an right, end. In, in a super over, yeah. Wow. So it's one all, so it's a best of five oh, series. There you go. Well, uh, moving away from the T20, let's talk Pakistan and England. This, this little test series has had a lot of – moments like this. Another shocking decision has popped up this time as Pakistan lose in a thriller. Yeah, mate, I, I just saw this on TV just before, the, and the DRS, their system, they get it wrong all the time. This is blatant. Um, it was Ollie Pope, the weirkeeper, and it was a Pakistani batsman. They were pretty much cruising in the second innings, five for 290, um, but ended up falling 26 runs short. When Shaquille was on 94, he edged the ball to Ollie Pope and he's dived and it's clearly bounced and he's claimed, wow. he's claimed it. And they've, and, and they've actually challenged it. It's gone up and there and, and you can see, I think, pretty clearly that the ball hits the ground. But no, uh, out and then Pakistan folded and uh, England went won the test match. Because so, they, they also so had my, the Snicko issue as well where there was like a blatant sound and it was like, yeah. no, nah, no, nah, I didn't get yeah. anything. <laughs> like, yep. I'm pretty sure that these guys that sit in the in the, either the bunker in football or, or or in the box for cricket have never played sport in their lives. <laughs> yeah. They are hopeless. Uh, let's bring it closer to home now. Uh, a big name is going to be ruled out for the first test against South Africa. Yep. In Brisbane, uh, Josh Hazelwood is out with a side strain, so that's unfortunate for him. This kept him out of the test team last year for quite a while. Uh, Pat Cummins, they believe he's – We'll be back. So it comes down to the next bowler. Will that be Michael Nessa? Um, he took five wickets in Adelaide, and this is his home ground in Brisbane. 
or the, I suppose, the incumbent Scott Boland took two, took three wickets and one over. I think they'll go with Scott Boland because he was picked before Nessa. Um, and just, I think he's got to be of an X factor too, or Scott Boland. But, uh, and I'll keep Lance Morris, uh, the young, fast Western Australian, in and around the team to get some experience. But, yeah, still, still a bloody good, good attack, whichever way they go. How much do you rotate bowlers during a test series like this? Because you've you got to rest them. So, like, what's the kind of rotation there? You won't see well, the- Boland the entire way through. No, well, see, it depends on the bowler. Like, I think um, a lot of the bowlers hate being rotated because you're just giving another guy another chance. And I think once your body gets into a rhythm, you can actually keep it ticking over and going. When you, It's when you stop and start. Right. I think they rotate them a lot more during the 20-over games because, you know, you're bowling one, one two-over spell, so you, you're sort of warming up, cooling down, warming up, cooling down. Where in a test match, you can bowl a longer spell and sort of work into it. So... Yeah, no one wants to be rotated for test matches unless you've got an injury problem. Uh, let's have a look over the US NFL. Obviously, mm. Monday's a huge day for us with the NFL. And history was made on the weekend. Tom Brady's breaking a lot of records at the moment this season, and a lot of them, yep. uh, some are good, <laughs> but a lot of them are bad. And this yep. time around, it's a bit of a weird record. The uh, debutante for the 49ers, right, the third-string quarterback that now due to injuries is the starting quarterback for the Niners, who are a Super Bowl contender this year. Uh, taking on the GOAT, Tom Brady, who has never lost to a player making a debut against him, which still doesn't wow. mean, that stat doesn't mean much, though, because it's not like you're playing no. against Tom Brady. You're playing against his defense. No. But uh, Brock Purdy is his name. I want to give you this quick moment of Brock Purdy, right? Yep. There's a bit of, like, videos going around and stuff about how he is quite comparable to Brady. Not so much okay. in gameplay, all right? Against Brady on the uh, on Monday, he had 16 from 21, I believe it was, in terms of completion rate, 182 yards, threw for two touchdowns and ran one touchdown in. All right, it's a pretty good stat line for him yes. in his first uh, start. And his story is he went into a college game, was like third string on there, had to force his way up through the ranks to get the starting job instead of leaving the school, which is what Tom Brady did. Once he was the starter, he never looked back. He stayed there in the college team. He then got into – he had the stat line that looked great, which is what Tom Brady had as well. He got overlooked by a whole bunch of teams in the draft, and he was picked as the very last pick in the draft, which is called Mr. Irrelevant. That's what they call the last guy because (laughs) you're the last pick. It doesn't really matter. So he was picked by the 49ers as Mr. Irrelevant, 292nd pick, I believe it was, something like that. And now due to injuries, much like in Tom Brady's career, due to injuries he gets a debut – and he beats one of the best. So people are kind of like, wow, is this the story? Everyone wants a storyline for the NFL no, season. There's, there's one one more part to that, Chad. Is he's there? now dating he's now dating Giselle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be the next step. That'd be the That's next right. step. You know what? Well go all the way. It's crazy too because he's playing for the team that Tom Brady has always said he wished he could have played for, which is the 49ers. So that's his childhood team, watching uh like watching the greats play. So this is a crazy Love story it. for the Niners right mm. now, and it's something to watch. Could this fairy tale happen? They've got the team around him to maybe drag this youngster all the way up through the finals. So, hey, hey Shad, just on a, probably an obvious question, but Brady, uh, this is one year too many, isn't it? I don't. It's so funny because it's like everyone talked about the cliff. You know, oh, he's going to yep. fall off the cliff, and it seems like they were talking about it for ten years. And then now yeah. we're finally seeing what we would think is Father Time catching up with him. Yes. But then the yeah. moment we say it, the next week he comes out and he does something crazy. I will say this. He had that fourth quarter, come, fourth quarter comeback last week and mm. everyone's like, how good was that? That's crazy. But that was the best two minutes of football he played the entire game. Like They yeah. were pretty yeah. much nowhere until that last few minutes 
and they couldn't move the ball. I think the team itself's broken. Coaching's not not there. Um, a lot of the players aren't getting along with it. They've got old players as well that aren't quite keeping up with the pace. But the thing is, mate, they lost against the 49ers, and because they're in a very bad division, they still look like they'll win and make it to the playoffs. <laughs> so we might see another run. Yeah, it just looks like he's gone one year too many for me. He's lost his marriage, and I think there's lots going on in the background. And yeah, yeah. it's sad to see him go out not the winner that he is. Well, the Bucks have come out and said they expect him to be back with them next year. And he's technically God. a free agent in the offseason. So, <laughs> so you could see another bidding war for Tom Brady again. He's probably going to go out like Brett Favre and he'll go and play for several different teams, being strapped <laughs> up for the rest of his career. Who knows? <laughs> well, we didn't get one yesterday, so I'm keen to hear a war story. We had a little bit of tennis in the news with Nick Kyrgios, and uh, you had a little bit of fun around the court, mate. Well, yeah, this is, goes back a few years after I retired from cricket. I decided to play badge tennis for Manly. I was playing like the 1-2 division with a good mate of mine, Cam Guthrie. We were playing at Sydney University. And one of my really good mates, Craig Hughes, came down to watch me actually play. Anyway, they had like this little young punk playing for Sydney Uni. And I was close to that. He had an easy kill and he smashed the ball straight into my neck. And I thought he said to me, cop that, you fucking prick. So I lost my – I didn't think I was that competitive anymore. I lost my rag and I chased after this guy around the court for a few times. We eventually (laughs) beat them. We eventually beat them and he wouldn't come in the change room for a beer. And I said, what a pussy. And my mate Craig Hughes, where he made 30 years, he said, Shane, you carried on like a dickhead out there. I said, why? I said, mate, he hit me in the neck and said, cop that, you prick. He said, no. He said, sorry, mate, I didn't mean to hit you. (laughs) (laughs) You dick. What a dick. Anyway, I got got this guy's number and I rang up and apologised. I just, uh, yeah, a bit of white line fever there, mate, unfortunately. (laughs) Oh, man, when I heard white line fever was going to be the story for this war, I had a completely different idea of what you got up to (laughs) on the tennis court, but (laughs) but that's fine. That's it for Afternoon Sport today, so make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. And, of course, a big thank you to our sponsors. Fantastic sponsors. Barclay, Pierce Capital, they're only a phone call away. And, of course, to our main man, Dan McHugh, the producer, will be back tomorrow for your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to Afternoon Sport. If you enjoyed the show, why not check out one of our other podcasts, like the Building Resilience podcast. Noel Allnup, the CEO of Securo, explores the minds of world-class performers in order to deconstruct their life tools and ethos that can help us create growth and optimise business. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts or head to afternoonsport.com. Afternoon sport.